thank you for joining me for Moments to Ponder First John. I'm Betsy Marvin, and today we begin Chapter 4 of the Sweet Letter of First John. Delightfully loved friends, don't trust every spirit, but carefully examine what they say to determine if they are of God, because many false prophets have mingled into the world. Here's the test for those with the genuine Spirit of God. They will confess Jesus as Christ, who has come in the flesh. Everyone who does not acknowledge that Jesus is from God has the Spirit of Antichrist, which you heard was coming and already is active in the world. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. They belong to this world and they articulate the spirit of this world, and the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and whoever truly knows God listens to us. Those who refuse to listen to us do not belong to God. This is how we can know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of deceit. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. John begins this chapter by basically saying, don't believe everything you hear. We learn at a young age not to trust everything we're told, don't we? For example, when my husband discovered there was no Santa, it deeply affected him. His parents and sister had lied to him, and although he laughs about it now, it changed how he saw them. For many, a little untruth seems harmless when we're seeking to curb or encourage a certain behavior in others. I've definitely told my husband that an event started earlier than it actually did so that we would actually arrive on time. I can remember sitting in a college classroom and being taught something biblical, but realizing that it actually was an opinion of the professor and it didn't align with what I knew the Bible to actually say. This is the kind of moment that John is speaking to. Yet, we're faced with a barrage of input that wants us to believe that it's true. With so many different social media opinions and news channels, we're more aware of biases and fake news than ever before. We've learned not to believe everything we read, and with all the CGI, we can't even believe everything we see. But somehow, have you ever noticed that it all goes out the window when we hear something about someone else? Whether it's in a face-to-face conversation or text or email, it's amazing to me how quickly we can go there, making an assumption about a person without any facts or context. I hate to say that I've done this. And if you're honest, you have too. And usually it's because of its source. If the source is trustworthy in other areas, we do tend to believe them more quickly even if our gut tells us differently. I've watched relationships and been in relationships that disintegrate based on untrue assumptions. Because of this, when we're faced with lies that have been told about us, we know that there will be those that will make assumptions based on the gossip, while others will see if it's untrue by asking around, and others will even ask you. It's hurtful to hear the lies that have been told about us, but it's 
even more hurtful to realize how quickly others believed them. I can't imagine how Jesus felt knowing that so many lies were being spread about him. His heart must have broken each time someone fell to those lies. The Jews did trust the source because they were coming from their religious leaders, the head of synagogues. People heard and assumed many things from those men. But for those that asked his followers or sought out Jesus to ask their questions, the truth was made clear. Thus, John has to remind the believers by saying, don't trust everyone in what they say. Determine if they are of God. He says, here's the test for those with the genuine spirit of God. They will confess Jesus as the Christ who has come in the flesh. Everyone who does not acknowledge that Jesus is from God has a spirit of Antichrist. John is speaking directly to the problem in this first century. There were a group of believers that denied Jesus' humanity. They didn't struggle with the fact that Jesus was God. They struggled with the idea that Jesus was fully human. They lived within a time of eyewitnesses and the miraculous evidence that Jesus was God. But how could a human be divine? This issue of Christ's humanity and divinity continued to be an issue of contention, and in 325 AD, Emperor Constantine brought together bishops from all over the known world to have this discussion and create a consensus. Yet by this time, the struggle had changed. The question now was, how could Jesus be God? He was human and therefore couldn't also be of the Father. The Council of Nicaea came to agree that Scripture clearly taught that Jesus was both God and man, divine and human, just as John's verses state. Those that didn't believe this were actually exiled. Today, there are many groups that still deny Jesus is also God, therefore denying the Trinity. Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus are a few. John reminds us to examine the source when we hear teaching. Does the teaching agree with Jesus as Christ, the Son of God, who came in the flesh, human? It is, it is so hard to wrap our human minds around the Incarnation, but I honestly don't think we're supposed to be able to. Thus, the faith that we need to walk with Jesus who said, I am the truth. Clinging to him and seeking his direction, knowing his word and his words, help us discern truth still today. In fact, recently I was listening to a podcast on the fall of a church and I realized how important it is for us today not just in the first century group of people, but for us today to discern what is true and who we're listening to. So to review, John has given us eight different ways that we can discern true prophets from false ones. In the course of these chapters, he has told us this. They must confess that Jesus the Messiah has come in bodily form. They must not come in the spirit of this world. They must listen to the truth. They must demonstrate love. 
The spirit of truth must be in them. They must remain true to the word of God. They must be overcomers who have the greater one living in them. And they must have a commitment to the body of Christ. In these ways, John is seeking to help those that he called his children and those of us today, ways that we can discern who we're listening to to make sure that what we're learning is true. So how about you? How do you respond when you discover that lies have been told about you? I mean, knowing what's actually true doesn't take away the hurt of knowing that something has been said. I wish we could all respond like Jesus, but honestly, he was divine. When the Pharisees were spreading lies about him, Jesus just continued to live into the truth of the Father. He didn't speak behind their backs. He actually confronted them with truth. Other times, he let the words fall where they may. He knew that his life would show that his words were true. This is so hard. I was recently reading a book that I call a fun book, not for learning, just for enjoyment. And in the story, the main character asked a group of ladies to stop speaking of someone that had been their friend but had now fallen from grace. The group laughed at her. She tried to remind them that God asks us not to talk idly of others and to be careful of the words coming out of our mouths, which only made them laugh more. It just reminded me of these verses from John. It takes courage to walk away from gossip. It's even more brave to call it out and seek what the truth actually is. John knew, even back in the first century, that his children and those of us today would need to remember that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. May he fill you with courage and bravery to discern truth about those around you but even more about the truth of Jesus. I encourage you to ponder Titus 3, verse 2, and spend some time with Jesus, discerning how you're walking with those around you. And now, dearly loved children of God, may you know that Jesus knows your heart. He knows what is true about you, And He loves you. May you walk in the courage of knowing how deeply cared for you are. And may that give you the confidence to step away when we'd rather lean in. Amen.